Hey everyone, welcome to Untold Stories from Below the Nine. My name is Nathan. And my name is Maggie. Yeah, it's day 42 for me. And day number 43 for me. So yeah, about the same time. So, yeah. Basically early March. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have Jacqueline Moore on with us today. This is our first guest. We're very excited. Let's just dive right in. Who are you? Where'd you grow up? What's your passion? Just tell us who you are. My name is Jacqueline Amor. I am from Sydney, Australia, originally born in the Philippines, but raised in Australia until I was 18. Moved to New York, did the film school thing, did the intern thing, ran a film festival. Um, Then I moved to LA three years ago. It was my three year anniversary last week. My passions are anything visual and creative and performing arts based. I'm naturally an artist in every every sense of that word anything that Mm -hmm. calls to me i will dabble in it but i'm a director producer freelance Mm -hmm. i'm a freelance director producer um those are the two things that i am leaning towards most these days work-wise but you know i do also take on for money (laughs) i do take on like first ad jobs uh production coordinating Production jobs in general, um, and mm-hmm. I used to be a production designer. You're you're kind of below you're below the line even when you're above the line. Right. Absolutely. Sometimes you get paid less than the people you are in charge of. What are some examples of jobs that you have had uh, and what you've made money off of versus like what you've just done to make something? Um. Well, I am an avid lover of a good passion project, so mm-hmm. I have produced and worked on I'm like produce and worked on meaning I've done like 17 different jobs on like these passion projects um but overall my my job description I just say I was a producer um but yeah like my friends feature film we're currently finishing that up and I'm producing on that um but indie stuff is you know it could be anything but I've I've AD'd a bunch of short films for people um done production design for a bunch of short films you know the the indie stuff is probably the most fun to do Mm. because it's Mm -hmm. kind of it it pushes you it challenges you to get really creative and get really close with your crew if you're limited in resources it forces you to be creative and it forces you to work better Mm -hmm. um as as opposed Mm -hmm. to like when you have a really big budget and a really big corporate job everyone everyone's egos are a little bit different you have to you just kind of stay in your lane but there are days where you kind of like everyone's just like ego tripping and you know it just feels a little more competitive and it feels a little a little more like work as opposed to right. love you well, know yeah i mean it's all in your intentions of being there and sometimes money changes your intentions right um, yeah yeah we all know yes. what it's like to take a money job versus a passion job you know mm-hmm. like right. ev- even though you know a passion job could still pay you it's just not as much as a money job would it's like the quality of certain movies that have no money compared to some of the big big blockbusters mm-hmm. who have every penny to spend um sometimes the quality is just much better when you have a lower budget yeah i think what that is it's it's um it's always performance versus technical right that's always the tell for budget versus non-budget when you have a budget, you can do whatever you want. You can blow things up. You can green screen everything. You can, mm-hmm. you can do pull all the bells and whistles and get Michael Bay to come explode things for you, right? That's and that's one kind of film. But then if you just want to talk about performance and story and narrative, which is the core of what we're doing, you know, then yeah, I think the most powerful performances and the powerful films I've seen have been low budget indie, just soft and real and raw. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you're in LA right now, mm-hmm. but where do you want to be like five years from now? Or do you even have that kind of mindset? Of course I do. <laughs> if I could just do, if I could just focus on like one or two things, I would love that. And that's what I'm working towards. So I think I would just want to write and direct my own stuff. Are you uh, currently writing or directing anything at the moment? Well, I have one, I currently have one feature script job for somebody, but Mm. I am also writing two features for myself. Um, And I've got a slew of short films that I've written and Mm. a few that I've, you know, and I'm working towards directing those and getting funding for it. But yeah, if I could just do that all the time, I'd be really happy. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, because I was just going to ask, how do you find that balance of like making money, but then... Um, also trying to build a portfolio at the same time. I think that's probably the hardest thing for any of us to do in the industry, 100%. I think the only way to balance it, like I say that your craft, like your writing and directing work, your personal work is just as important as a money job because it's what made you start doing this in the first place, right? So you have to just dedicate the time. So if I've decided that I have to work on these this script for the next three days, that's my job for the next three days period. So I just have to be, you just have to be really hard on yourself, I guess, um, and just set aside the same time as you would for someone that's paying you. Because at the end of the day, that's more invaluable than right. the couple hundred bucks you might make on set that day. But it is like a, a balancing act. Do I take stuff just for the money? Sure. Because yeah. we all do. But at the same time, I do try to find things that still resonate with me, especially in L.A. You'll end up just taking jobs on things that don't feed you or you don't agree with or you don't like in you don't actually like the message they're sending out. And that, I think, hurts you more like the integrity of your, your like your heart and your artist self more than you just taking that job because you need to pay the bills. The money will come like that's a really crappy thing to say sometimes. But um, yeah. you have to believe it because because it has to, like it has to come, it will come. What would you say a good way to go about entering the industry would be? We live in a really cool age right now, which didn't exist when I first started. Um, mm-hmm. And that being social media, that being YouTube, Vimeo, that that being that you can put your things out there for someone to see. You will always have an audience that will love what you're doing, which is mm-hmm. which did not exist before. So now it does. So this next generation of filmmakers or creators I am just in awe of them because they are really gutsy and they're putting things out there, which took a long time for us to do, you know, before. So I think that's the best thing to do. Just keep creating, like make the time to make the things and put the things out there. Let them live and breathe how they're supposed to live and breathe. The right people will come across it. The right people will love it. Um, Whoever needs to see it will see it. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the best way to kind of go about stuff right now. Um, And then the other thing, obviously, it's networking. This industry is all about who you know. Yeah. So talk to us about like when you work on these jobs, right? So you're meeting a bunch of people. Who do you decide that you want to work with, you know, on like the next project or somebody you want to bring on to like one of your passion projects? I have been gifted with the ability to tell if I like someone within 30 seconds of meeting them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very like gut reactionary. I will just be like, oh, I kind of like this person. Okay, let me continue the conversation. And so that's that's a very um, empathetic way to to view it. Anyone that has a good work ethic, I always, I always, always, always keep my eye on. Like you, like you two, like <laughs> like you two. I'm like, you know, I have. <laughs> when you're lucky enough to find those people, you should 
you should you should hold on to them because they will learn. Sometimes I over hard work instead of smart work, but that doesn't mean I won't learn the balance one day. You're getting yeah. there. <laughs> and a lot of times you're also growing with these people in the yes. industry too. So you never know where, you know, your best friend or somebody you've met on site could take you to, you know. Exactly. I know. That's what we say about Nathan. I'm like, I'm just going to rob his coattails and it's going to be great. <laughs> you have to find the right people. That's that's it. Like yeah. especially in LA, it's just you just never know. So yeah. if you do vibe with someone and they happen to also be talented, they happen to also have a good work ethic, keep them, learn from them, yeah. teach each other. You know, I right. feel like mm-hmm. I definitely have that with my network. Yeah. yeah. Find no, your people. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, your method to the industry is kind of like meet people and then you get calls. Like you just that's kind of. literally how I got yeah. all my work. That's kind <laughs> right. of how you get your work. When do you think that that shift happened for you where you were going from trying to find jobs to you know getting jobs all of a sudden did it take years or did it take it took years so there you know i did actually take a hiatus from filmmaking for about five years yeah i wasn't like focusing on it i was like djing i had a fitness company i was just like producing events in new york i was just kind of doing the all over the place kind of thing um Mm -hmm. i did maybe a couple of videos here and there but i wasn't taking it seriously i wasn't actually doing it on purpose I wasn't creating on purpose until, yeah, maybe five years ago. My friend back home in in New York, he asked if I wanted to just jump on crew for some corporate jobs he had lined up. And I said, yeah, sure, you know, I haven't done any crew work in a while. Let me let me get on to that. And from there, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember I really like being on set. So I started just like I randomly just started to reach out to people. And I was Mm -hmm. like, if you ever need a hand, like, let me know and I'll just like come help how I can. But I did have a friend that end, ended up taking on a job producing a pilot for one for her boss. And it was like a musical pilot. And she didn't know anything she was doing. She didn't know. She has no experience. And then so she was like, can you come consult on this? And I said, yes. And then I saw what they were doing. And she's like, actually, can you produce this? And I was like, <laughs> great, sit down. So then I, t- <laughs> so I took on that pilot job, which then got me into a festival, um, the Independent Television Festival, which is now called Catalyst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took me to that festival and I met a huge network of people while I was up there. I decided to to just reach out to those people when I came to LA and I literally was like, hey, if you need a hand on anything, let me know. Mm-hmm. So my mm-hmm. friend, who is also one of my producing partners now, she calls me and she's like, hey, if you're in town, do you want to jump on an overnight shoot? I can't pay you, but we might need some help. And I was like, cool, we need some help with production design. And I was like, cool. So I jump in, I ended up doing the job for two nights in a row, and because of that, I got so m- uh, the next job I had was producing a series for Adaptive Studios. And so then, it's good to take the freebies. Yes, I always highly recommend taking a few of them, you know, just mm-hmm. because if you, can. If, you yeah. can, if you have the ability to do it, even if it's just like helping out for a couple of days on like a friend's shoot, if there are a couple of people there that would be able to help you, mm-hmm. take the job. Take the job, meet the people. Um, if you hate it, you can leave. You know, you're there for yeah. free. You're a free hand. Yeah. Um, right. But it, it doesn't actually advice. hurt you to experience things and learn stuff and meet people. It doesn't. So take take that day. What are you gonna do? You're gonna be at home watching Netflix? Take the day. Mm, take exactly. the day. Take the freebie. Do the job. Meet the people. And then you doing that. Um, it kind of tells people that you're necessary. It's definitely like your presence too and that's like something that I'm very interested in and how your attitude and like the person you are 
that you bring to set. Yeah, how does your attitude affect your directing and set style? Um, Well, yes, I'm an introvert, but I also have a an alter ego. Mm. Mm -hmm. So Jacqueline is the alter ego. Jack is (laughs) Jack is like at home and sweats. Right? She's quiet. Mm she like reads a book but <clears throat> but Jacqueline is like she wears a hat and she wears boots and she's like she dresses up and she does the thing and she shows up every day so my attitude on set generally is like I have to start my days as positive and uplifted as possible because if you can feed that energy to the people around you the set is way better if I can give them some kind of energy or positivity for the day you're dealing a lot with people's different psyches and, and personalities, and it's it's your job to be able to A, read them, B, navigate through it, mm-hmm. and C, teach each other how to how to collaborate collaborate correctly, you know, and yeah. like efficiently. And efficiently, exactly. So yeah. so I think that as you guys know, I'm like generally pretty chipper <laughs> when I'm on set on mm-hmm. purpose and I try to make people feel needed and important all the time. Um, mm-hmm. but I am pretty direct. So it's yeah. like, even though I'm positive, I am still direct and we still get things done. Um, and it's all about communication. So you got to, you have to say what you need. Don't, pe- don't assume people know what you want. Right. Um, so yeah, open lines of communication and allow people a safe space to also say what they need. And yeah, I mean, that usually starts from the top. It trickles down into, you know, below the line crew. Yes. And then everybody's just getting things done efficiently and having yeah. a good time while they're doing it. Yeah, and just knowing when to be certain, I don't know, attitudes and moods. And, mm-hmm. and there's a certain time for everything. There's yeah. a certain time for coffee time and excitement. And then there's a certain time for work. And there's a certain time to praise someone. And there's a certain time to not praise yes. someone. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it was just a, it's like a breath of fresh air when yeah. your boss is like, you know, you know the cues with that, it's very helpful. (laughs) I will treat a PA the same way I treat a producer. Like, Mm -hmm. everyone is super important. Doesn't matter what job you have on this set because I can't do anything without you. Like, Mm -hmm. the the final product will not get made without every single person. Like, every single brick has to be in place for this building to stand. I wanted to ask what your... We'll move on to, like, COVID-19. I think that's, like, a big thing right now but yeah. first what your biggest mistake was and your proudest moment my of biggest your mistake of my career was forgetting i had one i mentioned i took a hiatus for like mm-hmm. 5 years that was like <laughs> the dumbest thing i've ever done cuz it yeah. doesn't stop you know it doesn't stop like i yeah forgetting that i had a directing career forgetting mm-hmm. that i had like an end goal or mm-hmm. like just brushing it aside because of you know a relationship or like because I needed money a different way or because I needed to explore, like my want to explore things got the better of me. And mm. I, f- I could have also still done video and film and TV work, but I chose not to. And I'm like, mm. I really should have jumped on like a PA program with the mayor's office in New York. I should have done mm. that. I should have just created more YouTube videos. I don't know. Anything I could have done, I should have done. Yeah, but you had so much life experience yeah. that probably brought you a lot of your inspiration for directing, I'm sure. Right, I was like, going to say, like, that time you took off, I'm sure there's, like, some things that you have taken lessons. on. I have like so the many one that, yeah. life lessons and so many stories that are absolutely insane. You can't make it up. And I was so afraid of failing that mm. that I just stopped doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's something I admire in you now is just that you make stuff and you don't, you're like, okay, let's just make it right now. Let's do yeah. it. It's because Day, of that lesson. 
Mm. Okay, well, that's a really good lesson. <laughs> what about your proudest moment, though? My proudest moment. This is going to sound super cheeseball. Um, <laughs> proud moments. This one. Um, because of you guys. So I always, I'm very, I'm very touched when people I work with, even PAs I've trained in the past, you know, I, I just really love seeing them move, move up and move Mm -hmm. forward. Mm -hmm. And Mm because if I wasn't doing this, I'd be teaching. Like, I just love teaching. I love kids. I love working with people. You'd be a very good teacher. You are our teacher. You are. You basically are a teacher. And we were your kids. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm like, I love that feeling so much. Like, just seeing seeing the progression and seeing the growth and contributing to someone's life and their career. That is, like, the best the best feeling you could ever have. I also helped all of our PAs with their skin routines. Ooh, yes. I'm, I think I missed out on that one. I don't think I was there Yeah, I don't think you were there that day, but I did like a mini seminar. In the uh, back I mean, of no, the I entire time. She like throughout the entire process changed my entire skin. That's I was amazing. like, oh my God, I don't have breakouts anymore. It's like I was, <laughs> I was helping Maggie and like ordering things in her Amazon cart. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I was so helpful. That's awesome. So Nathan and I have been talking about what this industry is going to look like. Yeah. Jack, why don't you tell us where you are and what a quarantine date is for you? I am currently holed up in my little apartment in Los Feliz, Los Angeles. And Mm. I've been in quarantine for about a month and a half, about six weeks. Yeah, that Mm. sounds right. Yeah. So what have you been doing? We'll start off with what you've been doing in quarantine. I know you've been quite busy last time I talked to you. I'm so busy, it hurts my brain. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so I'm working on, yeah, the features that I've been, I told you about, particularly that one that I'm writing on. Mm -hmm. And outside of that, I am also, I got roped into doing an Instagram TV show. (laughs) Mm-hmm. with yeah. two of my producing partners and I'm also acting in it so that's very weird because I have not oh. done that in a billion years so yeah. that's happening and I've also partnered with the LA Asian Pacific Film Festival so I'm doing we're doing some nice. programming my crew is doing some programming with them and I am producing a variety talk show that will air every Saturday throughout oh May so oh. this is my quarantine right now <laughs> Wow. Uh, It sounds like a lot of stuff in development. It's a lot of stuff in development. And I am now working because we are trying to navigate what we can do, you know, during this time and kind of trying to think ahead as to what we can do if we don't know what the industry is going to do in the next few months. How are you staying inspired while you're inside? Um, I like... I bug people all the time. So, mm-hmm. like, even people that you haven't talked to in a couple of years, like, they'll pop up now and they'll be like yeah. checking in or like the conversation, the dialogue's more open, regardless right. of and like the platform yeah. or when you're what you're doing it on. But I think that's how I stay inspired. I like just talk more. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm just, I'm also being available for people. So if they yeah. want to call me, you know, I'm not, I'm not too busy for them. I want to be able to give them that time and that conversation as well and yeah. that it ends up making me feel really good so yeah we're at a at a beautiful crossroads when people can really dive into their authenticity mm-hmm. yeah. it's scary for people who are not from america right now though because it's like mm-hmm. our country is a little insane <laughs> yes um <laughs> it is it is stressful i will say that there is some stress behind it because we never know because you know definitely um, Trump implementing, you know, shutting down of immigration 
and green yeah. cards yeah. and things like that. And there was talks about him shutting down work visas. So yeah. they've they've paused that for now. It's shelved, but without COVID nineteen, <laughs> without COVID nineteen, it's already it was already stressful coming into Trump's America, mm-hmm. um, because the even though I present very low risk for any kind of second secondary questions, uh, mm-hmm. they are definitely more adamant and they're definitely like they ask you way more than they normally would before, mm-hmm. and yeah. and like I've seen I was at the um, consulate in Sydney when I got my visa renewed recently, and they were they were drilling certain ethnic groups like people mm-hmm. applying for visas wow. harder like there was a guy who was applying and he was an astrophysicist for nasa and yeah. they were giving oh him like the third degree give him his visa he works at nasa like yeah, let exactly. him explore space for us yeah have you been getting any discrimination i have not received any racism during this time um mm-hmm. and i think it's predominantly because i look mixed so people just assume i'm spanish like, yeah. especially in my neighborhood, people think I'm, like, Dominican or Mexican or, like, mm. um, I'm just another brown person that lives here. Yeah. And because I don't have Eastern Asian features, uh, I'm not discriminated against, but I do have friends and people that I work with who are and have had yeah. some experience with it. And mm. I do, like, my roommate, he is de- he definitely has Eastern Asian features, and I'm very you know, protective of him if he's, like, by himself at nighttime and he walks to the store or, like, I just yeah. don't... I'm. It's it's a very sad thing to say, but it mm. is... It has to be said. And yes. um, it is something of importance because the hate crimes have skyrocketed since, yeah. like, for the past two months um, mm. to the point awful. that I'm not sure if we talked about it, but um, out in East L.A., which, which has a huge Asian population, yeah. uh, all the gun stores were sold out because they had felt the need to protect themselves because they were having such a hard time. So, mm. and which you is devastating. You yeah. don't hear that. We, but our community, we hear it. So it's, it's, right. a, it's something that a lot of my, my friends and people in the community that I work with, you know, we've talked about. Um, that's, and it's never happened before. Like bringing it back to just even before COVID, uh, mm. Trump's, Trump's America. Uh, it, mm. is, mm. it is really hard to be a person of color yeah, and yeah. it's devastating. They, they, there was one time I was shooting a music video um, out in the Salton Sea, like Bombay Beach. And I was we were driving from our motel to set. It was like 4.35 in the morning. We we're trying to catch sunrise, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we were pulled over at a random immigration checkpoint. Mm-hmm. Because I was driving a pickup truck because I had all my props in the back. Okay. And um, this officer stopped me and asked me for my papers. And I was like, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? And he's like, yeah, don't you have, do you have like papers? And I'm like, is it Nazi Germany in 1945? I'm what? really confused. And then he heard my accent. He's like, where are you from? Like, I'm from Australia, but I have a work visa to be here. He's like, do you have your passport? And I was like, no, I don't have to carry my passport yeah. with me. Why, Why would right. I carry my passport Why with would me? You? Yeah. And he was like, yeah. well, you know, it's a, this is a checkpoint. And I was like... I don't okay. know. And then he looked at my friend Roxy, who's an amazing filmmaker, director, and she's Taiwanese American. And he asked her, like, where are you from? And she's like, from America. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, wow. Nice. The fact, the audacity. And I'm like, the fact that that stuff happens is mm-hmm. really scary, but it is yeah. happening. 
every single morning mm-hmm. I was watching news for two hours yeah. in the morning. That's waiting not for George good. To wake up. And <laughs> it was just on in the background. I realized how horrible it, I was crying. Every single yeah. morning, I'd always cry when they raise the flag at Disneyland, number one. And when they talk about healthcare workers, I would just be yeah. crying, sitting, watching. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch the headlines. Like, they'll say mm-hmm. what Good Morning America will cover. And then I turn it off. Because I'm like, I That's can't good. do it anymore. I get, my, um, I get my New York Times, like, morning update in my email mm-hmm. so I just read that email and then I'm like uh, okay that's my that's nice that's, that's my really thing because I, I still yes. I still you know I am working from home and I so I still implement certain work things throughout my day like I only check my email three times a day like yeah. mm-hmm. and that's on purpose to keep my sanity actually just speaking of news we read a couple articles on what our new normal will look like like, what is your prediction or like I know that you have some projects in development like once you start shooting those like what do you think those regulations would be our protocols? I think the hardest thing moving forward after this is the fact that studios will have the biggest hit because mm-hmm. they have too many people on set, right? Mm-hmm. Like the indie stuff, you know, the the feature that I'm finishing up, there's only like five to 10 of us at a time on set. You yeah. guys have been there. It's, you know, yeah. very minimal. So I think indie productions and smaller digital groups can still continue production fine. Um, I mean, yes, I think I think the thermometer thing is really interesting. Um, it's going to cause a lot of stir. Um, mm. But I feel like it's it's really it's really shitty because we are in, we do not have the best healthcare system in the US. So it's not like everyone can just go get tested and prove that they're OK, which is actually what needs to happen. Right. Right. Um, we need to be able to afford mass testing for everybody. I think it will take a really long time to get studios off the ground. Will they trust the sanitation, like, mm-hmm. you know, efforts from the crew that was there? Will they? I, I just don't know. The one thing I do see for our industry is continuing on with a lot of this, like, social distancing content. I mm-hmm. see that progressing. I see people understanding how to live broadcast things well. I under, I've, see, I've been seeing a lot of amazing photography and videos shot through FaceTime. But I don't see how it will be moving forward physically on set yet. And I right. think, and I and I don't know if I've talked to you guys about um, what it means for funding and stuff. Also, moving forward, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like because I think a lot of investors are going to be scared to put any money into the industry at all. Yeah. And then, right. majority of the Hollywood studios are funded by private Chinese companies, and mm-hmm. if and if wow. you, so, that is a massive hit for our industry. If mm-hmm. um, racism, you know, overtakes overtakes then you know uh-huh. then people are screwed right. the studios are screwed yeah. right. and i thought you know maybe hollywood would boom again and right. that might be true but it's maybe it's not big enough of a boom i mean even just for hollywood i think the hardest part with hollywood and the reason why people have been shooting outside of it um mm-hmm. is because hollywood la has a really hard permitting system um, yeah. It's just yeah, really, absolutely. it's not affordable for a lot of smaller companies or a lot of smaller projects. You know, the fact that you still need a permit even if you're shooting on private property is problematic for a lot of a lot of filmmakers. Like, in New York, you don't need that. Is it the state of New York? Is that New York City? Because I feel like that's California is very permit-like, heavy. So if you're, oh, if yeah. you're in anything that Film LA, like, is in charge of, then uh-huh. you technically need a permit to shoot. A lot of people shoot non-permanent, obviously. Um, but if nice. but they you have a higher you know if if you do get shut down or if someone does have a complaint like if you had a, a you know like a 
two-ton truck outside of someone's house and a neighbor mm-hmm. calls you in and you don't have that permit, then you're done. And yeah. I wonder if that will change with COVID-19, if if things are going to get lighter at, in Hollywood because, like, literally the state's going to have to give us tax breaks. We make the most money. For but, yeah, and they also don't want a lot, you know, it's going to be interesting how people are going to be shooting on location as well and how strict they're going to be with yeah, that as well. right. I was reading an article somewhere, and it and it com- and I did mention it to somebody prior to reading this article, and I was like, "We're gonna have to follow the adult film industry standards, because mm-hmm. technically, mm-hmm. if you are a porn star, you have to get tested or prove with your papers daily if you're on set. Right. So, like, mm-hmm. you have to oh, yeah. you have to test negative for all STDs and HIV. So, but they do they have an automated system now that goes from your healthcare professional to a, to like an app on your phone, which sends oh, wow. to your studio." So I'm like, oh. the adult film industry already has this. I so they, that. <laughs> they've set it up for us. They've already they're they've been doing it. You know? They had like, a system. <laughs> they they've had this system for like a decade. Damn. I did not know that. Yeah, because I knew yeah. about I knew if I knew about them having to get tested like p- before and like every time they go on set they have to state their name, their age, and their status on camera. Like it is a is a legal binding thing for them, but I did not know that there was this automated system so their test results go straight to the studios. That's really cool. It's fascinating that it's from this industry. Um, I kind of love it. Okay, so I guess our last question um, is uh, we'll we'll be asking every guest this, but mm-hmm. we're going to ask you what rookies do that annoys the heck out of you or any kind of thing that you would suggest you've done in the past as a rookie something that I assume somebody else done yeah. where something like, to help yep. someone out so they don't yeah. look stupid on set <laughs> uh, what I call like a uh, set etiquette yes so set etiquette that's our thing um, don't ever let one of us catch you on your phone that yeah. is mm. that is probably my number one unless you're if unless I've asked you to check for the time for me personally, um, me being really direct and like having a really strong PA team, I am always testing my PAs. Mm-hmm. Like I, w- I will always test them. I will be, I am watching for how quickly you respond to things, how many times I have to ask you. If I have to ask you more than twice, consider yourself fired. Um, that, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing, like be present. And that, that includes, yes, not being on your phone. Yes, standing. So you're on your feet at all times and t- like and being ready. Um, I mean, I have so many things. Uh, don't have an open walkie ever. <laughs> like, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. We are going to talk about just some places where we can help out. Do you have anything, Nathan, that you would suggest or any places you'd suggest going to? Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, um, there, uh, there's going to be opening up a lot of testing sites, but you know, it's only it like if you're capable of, of doing it, but I mean, there's a lot of virtual ways of helping as well. I mean, you know, you can send care packages to, you know, elderly and then you could um send masks to to people who who need them like you know the medical professionals as well so all that stuff is very important and feed america yeah feed america is always my big one yeah (laughs) because i was like that one is easy um you can easily do that plus um, uh, the red cross um i get text updates from the red cross all the time saying Mm. like please donate you know ten dollars today and it's easy because i'm like oh cool I have it on my phone, and it's easy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and plus just happy positivity. Positivity, <laughs> um, yeah. I yeah. mean, it can even be a self-care and stuff like that. What do you What do you have to say, Jack? Yeah, do you have anything? Um, if you have the capability to make masks, make them. I highly yeah. recommend making them out of um, cotton. 
because people you yeah. can use like old bed sheets you can use like curtain like anything that is like decently woven and then and you can, shirts too and shirts yeah. t-shirts and you, i also recommend that the the secret that's that's you know currently getting out is that you can buy air purifier filters like for the air purifiers um mm. they are not sold out yet and they're available at target and home depot and you can use them as inserts for the masks so you can you can replace them you can cut them and replace them so people can reuse um and yeah. not have any issues or have to wash them all the time um oh. which is really cool so cool. air purifiers buy those if you are able to make masks use them um yeah. and then i highly recommend I do have a lot of friends and I can connect people if they want to ever tune in or like need to reach out to me for it. But I do have friends who are helping out by delivering packages to the homeless in downtown mm. LA, especially. And, yes. you know, they're like, they're sending out masks, they're sending out w water, food, anything mm. they can for those people who are displaced. And I think that's really important. So there are lots of local, you know, individuals who are running things, you know, even if it's like $5 to their Venmo account helps them continue to, right. to do yeah. what they need to do. And one last plug for Amazon. So if you, because all of us, you know, obviously use Amazon and they've been really, On the daily. they've been really great at like still trying to keep packages going out to everybody during this time. But um, you can donate to like the gloves and the masks that they're getting to frontline mm. workers. So granted, wow. we cannot buy them, but we can contribute to the funds so Amazon can continue shipping out mm -hmm. um, gloves and masks as they become available to hospitals. So yeah, that's I think really that's good. really important. That's mm. amazing. Before we go, do you want to plug yourself? Do you have like any... I mean, uh, you know, follow me. <laughs> uh, follow me because if I'm not putting out anything really cool, which I should do more of actually, um, if I'm not doing putting out any content, I am at least putting out some positive yeah. vibes. So if you follow me, check out my stories we every day. I'll put posts. up a jackism. Yeah, the jackisms. The, ja the hashtag jackisms. Um, they're day. just like yeah, little little nuggets of wisdom and positive light. So follow me at Jacqueline Amore. That is both my Instagram and my Twitter. Mm -hmm. And then you can find me on Facebook. Yes. yes. Well, okay. But well, thank you, yeah. Jack. We had so much fun us. talking to you and getting to know you more and having you know our audience listen to you and how great we think you are. So well, I'm very yeah. happy that I could contribute. And yes. Thank you. Thank you for, you for being our first guest. Yeah. Thank you so much. Anytime yeah. you need it. <laughs> Heck yes. All right. Okay. Well, this closes it. Yeah. Thank so. you for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Okay,